When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan, uh, where's Andre? Oh, he's out having fun right now, away from us. That's, I'm sad. He's on the East Coast uh, driving the new Rivian R1S. And you know what S stands for? Uh, suburban Wannabe. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, pretty yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it stands for SUV, I believe. Yeah. It's the Rivian SUV, the um, all-new, all-electric SUV. And... Um, before we get into our main topic, which is how do electric vehicles, specifically how does the new Ford F-150 Lightning tow, mm-hmm. um, let's kind of talk about um, the new, uh, well, Rivian, why not? Okay, well, as far as I could tell, two things about the new Rivian R1S. One is that it looks a lot like the R1T. Yeah. Because it's basically the same vehicle, but they have a shell on the back of it and added a couple rows of seats. I think it's three row, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, Andre would know that. Yeah. I don't know either. I think it's... Stay I, tuned. I don't think it's three row. I think it's two row. You think it's two row? Okay. I think so. I don't know. Well, if you guys know, let us know. Yeah, let us know in the comments. Um, <laughs> You'll know more about it than we do. I'm pretty sure it's the same drivetrain or a similar drivetrain. And um, they had this vehicle two years ago at oh. Sundance Films. Oh, they had it Remember? three years ago at the El Auto Show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the the, the, yeah. the SUV one. Yeah. So, I, you know, I remember seeing it, and it was driving around a little bit. I honestly don't know what other specifics we could talk about because there's just not much out there. Well, so um, let me do a little bit of ranting. Can okay. I go with a rant? And by the way... Um, we have found a huge Achilles heel when it comes to electric vehicles. I mean, it's a massive. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a second because you just did this incredible test where we actually ran the Lightning against a gas power truck with two identical trailers yep. as far as each of them would go. Yep. And we'll actually spill the beans. We'll let you know what happened in that test before we publish the video because we're in the middle of editing it right now. Right. So you're, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But but let me do a little uh, ranting, okay? Okay. So Andre gets to Rivian, and he calls me last night, and he's like, hey, I want to do a video, but they won't let me show the interior of the truck. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So we have a video out there. It's, all, it's of course, over at alltfl.com, uh, but they wouldn't let him show the interior. And I'm like, well, that's odd. Why wouldn't they show the interior since we know what the interior of the truck looks like? Right. And I... Know for sure that this is not much different. Well, at least in the very front of the vehicle. I mean, maybe they don't want us to see the back row. So, here, I don't want to get down on manufacturers. I don't want this to sound like, you know, because I'm, I'm, they all kind of play these marketing games. Yeah, they do. But 
I, so I jump on YouTube and I, you know, I, I put in the truck and they had given the truck uh, to an influencer. This, this, you know, really, she's actually really good. I watched her video. I was really impressed mm-hmm. with her. Uh, and she had driven it from LA on vacation for a week, you know, showing the interior, showing the exterior. So why would you give it to somebody for a week to drive and then, you know, bring in journalists and say, oh, by the way, uh, the interior is embargoed. It, it makes no sense, Andre. I am, I am completely stupefied. Uh, Nathan and I, 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 I thought and thought hard about it. What, what do you think is the reason for that? So basically, there's a video with the interior out there. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got this you. girl just drove it for a week. You, was it a pre-production version, perhaps? Didn't say that. Okay, so but my guess is the only reason why they would do that because if you want to keep to an embargo, right? That means it has to go across the line. Everybody has to have the same, you know, requirements for the embargo. If this individual already broke an embargo, which... No, they didn't break an embargo. That, well, that's no, what I'm no, saying, no. is that there's... They, that's, they gave that, it to her to take for a vacation. So the only reason why I would think that they would say, no, you can't shoot the interior is because it's pre-production. But I don't think that's I, the case. I, I think they want their cake and they want to eat it too. I think what they want is they want to give the vehicle either to paid influencers. And this isn't just Rivian. This is industry-wide. I was reading a comment this morning on my video. I just got to drive the uh, new Cadillac Lyric, yeah, which right. is their all-electric, first all-electric Cadillac. And interestingly, um, the first of many. There will be no new Cadillacs that are not electric. Yeah, that's what I heard. So Andre got to go on the CTSV uh, Escalade. That's the last of the gas ones? Yeah, the Blackwing Escalade engine thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now they're all going to be electric. So, yep. so let me tell you, so there's a comment on there, and the comment was something to the effect, and I, I could probably find it, uh, but it would take a long time, so mm-hmm. I don't want to put you guys through that search. But the comment was something like, you know, uh, I don't want to watch this video uh, because I want owners to give me the truth, you know, people who actually own it. And, and I thought to myself, um, first of all, um, there's two kinds of owners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're the the fan boys and girls, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tesla's full of them, uh, and we just did a video with uh, a Rivian where we drag raced it, and one of uh, Rivian dad brought it, and I asked him this very simple question. I said, "What do you, what don't you like about your Rivian?" And he said, "Nothing." Right, right. So this is this is the video they're waiting for, right? Yep. The video where the 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 fanboy reviews the Rivian and, you know, just completely is besmirked by it. Yeah, they, they laud everything about yeah. it and they don't find anything wrong with it. And we've seen that before with, wow, almost every brand out there has a fanboy or two, right? So Not just and or two, there's a lot. I mean, well, Tesla, it's, it's you know, not hundreds, oh, tens of thousands. T- Tesla's pretty crazy. And, but then there's the other one that you're referring to, which is the one who's a more realistic owner who does find fault in it. Right. Well, no, no. There's not that. That 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 is very rare. What you get then is the influencer, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think this was the Rivian story, where they're or Motor Trend, which did the same thing with the truck, where they're actually paid by Rivian to go and uh, produce a video that feels and looks and smells like it's an owner, but in fact is an influencer. So uh, when we do, you know, we're very transparent. So the way we do this is when we do a sponsored video, we are sure to click the little sponsored video box on YouTube and mm. people know that this is something that and, and the other thing we don't do is we don't take money from manufacturers. Correct. Right? So Motor Trend got the Rivian truck well ahead of time. They drove it on the, on the um, Transamerica Trail, but, but that was a paid for commercial yeah. by Rivian. Mm-hmm. Right? I believe. I could be wrong, but you know, the, the sense I got is that this was there was some money that exchanged. We don't okay. do that. So when I see a comment saying, you know, that you guys are biased and that you don't, 
you know, provide honest information. It just really kind of makes me uh, crazy because I know how transparent we are and how hard we work to be completely honest, completely transparent with what we're doing versus this entire media landscape of everything that is paid for or somehow, you know, biased because they love the truck, because they hate the truck. The other thing that happens is when people start getting into YouTube, they figure out that there's two kinds of videos that make money, right? There's the kind where I love all this and then there's a kind that I makes hate. more money I hate. Yeah. So, so, you know, they're more likely to get views and clicks by producing the hate video. So this is the video that the guy wants, right? This is what I hate about mine because that owner knows that if he does a litany of hates or like don't buy an electric car, right? This is this these are there, there's I don't want to name names, but there are plenty of YouTube channels that do nothing but but you know talk about how bad vehicles are, and that's because that gets clicks. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, All okay, right, sorry, I'm off my. I'm no, off no, my. that's fine. That's fine. Just a real quick, uh, it's a, a slight rebuttal here. Um, I appreciate I, it. No, to give me your views. No, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, there are other types of views out there uh, on YouTube and other types of social media where there are owners who have a love and hate with the vehicle. There are quite a few of those people out there who are really honest. And I, th in many cases, their issue is that they're not very good at reviewing a car. We've been doing this for a long time, and so we mm -hmm. know how to kind of get to the nuts and bolts quickly. And then there's the other group of people who, um, you're absolutely right, live to put out a headline saying, don't you dare buy this, the worst car ever, or the worst da-da-da ever, and then you have to click on it to find out what they're talking about, and it turns out they're quoting somebody who sent them an email or whatever. There's a lot of that out there. Well, and the other thing that we see a lot is there's a lot of people with an axe to grind, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden something goes wrong with your vehicle, uh, and that's when you hit the social media. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you two pretty good examples of this um, uh, that have recently happened. And, um, and it's actually the mainstream media that does this too. So the first example of this was the Toyota uh, Tundra. Mm -hmm. Remember this tempest in a teapot where the turbos were imploding on the new Tundra. Oh, it was like Armageddon. Yeah, and you ha and you had to basically do a cab off uh, repair, right? Yeah, I right. remember seeing that. Right, and, and, and everybody was, oh my God, don't buy a Tundra. You know, the, the engine isn't, and this is Toyota, right? And you figure Toyota, if anybody's gonna get this right. Right. Well, you know, when you do a little bit of digging into that story, and, and the problem is, if you do the digging, there's no news. And so people and media outlets don't cover it. It turned out that there were like, you know, a handful of trucks that were built in a very specific time frame that had that problem. And I sympathize with the people who bought that truck because they were in a world of hurt, right? Yeah. They're, but the bigger picture, the extrapolation that came out of that was that everybody who buys a Tundra is going to get turbo failure and you're going to have to go to your dealer and do a four-month cab off review when it was just a handful of trucks because that gets clicks Nathan. yeah yeah the sky is falling that, yeah, that yeah, whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know we could you could do a headline saying something like you know 12 tundras had to be recalled because of turbo failure yeah nobody's going to click on that no. but if you say recall tundra failure and put those in there as opposed to the actual numbers that tends to get a lot more clicks and we, we are fully aware of it sometimes we pull stuff like that too honestly but we try not to we try to be as transparent as possible and one of the well, things we're, we're completely i mean we're competing in that world that's exactly you it know, and we, so we, we we do have to remain relevant in order to do that however one of the things that people who watch us appreciate is the fact that we are honest as often as we humanly can be. Yeah, we, we're, I think transparent is a good way of saying it. Yeah, that. transparent is, is the way to say it. But on top of that, we're also human. So we have our own you know, versions of prejudice, and we have our own versions of uh, fanboyism. Yeah, of course. Of I course. mean, Tommy has Minnie somewhere on his body printed. 
So he loves Mini to death. In fact, almost everybody at this office owns either a Mini or a BMW right. product. I, you, you can't get past your 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 you know your internal bias. When you love biases. something, yeah. I, I admitted that I love a power wagon. Will I ever own one? Probably not. But I look, that truck quite a bit. It's a lot, it's a fantastic truck. So, it speaks to me. But so the way you do that is you say that you're transparent about well, it. That's exactly it. And yet I can still say that the. Big Ford F-250 Tremor is fantastic as well. The point is, is that uh, we have a, a group of, a large group of people out there who put out material that's very misleading and in many cases is based on some form of prejudice. They've already manufactured it within them, either one way or the other. So anyway, it's out there. Here, here's we, another example. Okay, I think, I think I need to set this record straight because it's important, right? Okay. The new Bronco, right? New Bronco. Has, ours has, a 2.7 liter Twin turbo EcoBoost V6. Right? Yeah. What's what's the story? Every time we put up a Bronco video, the, the comment is until the engine blows up. So oh my god, I see that every time. Uh, every time. So you know what what had, I actually spoke to a Bronco engineer yesterday, uh-huh. and what ended up happening with Ford is that once again, same thing like the Toyota. There were some engines that were built that were you know built poorly and that did implode and left you know a, a small number of people but the story is not that it's not you know a small number of owners had their and it's a bad thing right when I, I get it when your engine blows up it's a bad thing but I was watching I was watching a story from Michigan about a woman who had that happen to her she, she was picking up her kids uh, and the local TV station picked up on the story and they were talking about like this was Armageddon the end of the world because you know her engine exploded uh, with the kids and the, how dangerous that is and that is not I'm not saying it's safe but you know the engine didn't start on fire it just you just lose power yeah right it's like if you have an old car and something goes wrong it just shut down it's not like it actually yeah, detonated just, and yeah, the yeah. went flying off yeah, 50 yeah. feet in the air how many times has that happened to you <laughs> over the years a, a few times i've had that happen but not 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 with a brand new vehicle my my, my friend fred had a gt6 in high school yeah. <laughs> that was just we, I just, every time i got in i think I'm, I'm gonna be like i'm gonna be pushing this thing i know i'm gonna be pushing it <laughs> I, yeah we, we we've all witnessed um, various forms of detonation <laughs> anyway so the, you know the, the the TV station uh, reporter interviews her, and, mm-hmm. and he's like, so now what do you think of the truck? Because Ford took it back, of course, they replaced the engine. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't trust it now. And I'm like, I'm, my first thought is, I get that. Mm-hmm. I understand it. But if you don't trust it, then sell it. It's worth 20K more than you paid for it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know. You're about but, to make a lot of dough. But, but, you know, people want to be able to be kind of cranky. And have their cake and eat it too, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't trust the thing, I'm sure there's somebody willing out there out there willing to pay you 20k over it. So just sell it and go buy yourself whatever you trust. Well, and this goes back to something that happened to us actually a while ago with our uh, Land Rover Defender, and we had issues with the first two out of three, and we got it right by the third one, and it was a great vehicle. But before then, yeah, we, we lost a little bit of trust with it. What, did we go out there, though, and say, hey, we don't trust the brand? Not exactly. We were just saying we that things are dubious. We backed into it. We felt really bad about it. I yeah. felt terrible about that because yeah. I felt like I love, you know, I, I have a, like Tommy loves uh, minis. Mini. I have that thing for, you know, Rovers, Land Rovers yeah. as well. It's weird. Yeah, but, but the point is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, you do have to recognize the fact that manufacturer issues do happen. Yeah, of course. And how do you deal with it after something's happened to you particularly? We've had that. So we dealt with it a different way. But overall, the point is, is that you're going to get the spectacular headlines no matter which car you love or hate. And it's up to you to decide whether or not you're seeing the facts out there 
on a, on a quick segment, or if you're going to go to somebody who actually goes in deep into the numbers and sees whether or not this is something major. If it's an NHTSA recall, it's big. Or if the automaker was said 50,000 cars have to come back, that's pretty big. Stuff like that. But if it's something that affects a very few amount of vehicles, then consider that. You know, you keep it in mind. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, um, like I said, you don't get clicks by downplaying the story. No. Right? You get clicks by doing the exact opposite. Well, it's the old news thing, right? And then the other thing that never happens is, like, you know, I actually talked to a, a Ford engineer. And I, you'd be just amazed, Nathan, at like how many websites and how many people don't ba- like bother to send out an email. Even if the even if the reply is we don't comment, at least mm-hmm. you try, right? Right, right. It's just like, oh, look, this is what this outlet's reporting. So I'm going to just take what they're reporting. I'm going to reprint it or republish it, and I'm going to re, you know, reuse it, and then use them as a source. But that's not the source, right? The source, no, the source is is Ford. It's not. It's not you know some car website that that decided to to just publish a story well going using a third party or fourth party as a it's a bad idea that's why at least at tfl and some of our competitors you use more than one source and you really do try to find you know go to the automaker if possible or, or, you do, or like us you know we do the testing ourselves yes well right. that's the other part so then that, that segues and how many times did our bronco blow up uh none right none Despite bashing it around, it did have an issue with the suspension, but in terms of engine, and we beat the crap out of that thing. We drove it hard. No explosions. We're okay. We're okay. Okay. So there it is. That kind of encapsulates it. So so let me use that as a segue uh, to uh, us doing our own testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm just going to not make you guys wait. I'm going to cut to the chase. Okay. This is what Tommy said after he did the tow test with the Lightning. Basically... You use 1% of the battery per mile. Correct. So you've got 100% of battery, which means you get 100, 100 miles. miles. So let's now back into it and tell them what we did. Why don't you, you were there, I wasn't there, why don't you explain what you guys did? Okay, we uh, took a brand new, well, our brand new Ford F-150 Lightning with the large battery, which means better range. But 131 low, kilowatt hours. 131 kilowatt hour battery. And we also had a, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice. Can you help me here? Yeah, we also had a Chevy V8. Uh, so we wanted to compare a traditional V8 to uh, an electric truck because obviously there's this change coming where we're living through a moment in history, which I think is really fun to live through, where we're going from the internal combustion engine to electrification. And right. I know there's a lot of people out there who don't believe that's happening, but it's happening. It, it, it's progressively and, happening. I mean, and Cadillac's not building anymore. Right. And all automakers are showing that at a certain point in time, they will either be all electric or electrified, meaning uh, PHEVs so, as so well. So what was the truck that you guys had with the V8? Was that the GMC? Was yeah, it? that was the GMC. It, uh, it was the Sierra. It was the... 15, 6.2. Yeah, 6.2. 1500 pickup. So it did have cylinder deactivation, although that really doesn't kick in when you're towing yeah. and under stress. Both vehicles towed identical trailers, which so 6,500 6, pound, pound toy haulers. These were really unique ones too. They were really overbuilt. So even though they were fairly small in size, they were very heavy. And the other thing about them is that they had the aerodynamic qualities of a brick. Which we wanted. We wanted. And yeah. there are many factors you have to take in mind or keep in mind when you're towing. And there's various types of drag. There's aerodynamic drag. That tends to be the shape of the vehicle. There's parasitic drag going on with uh, various types of braking systems. Also, of course, tires. 
Tires matter. Do you have one axle? Do you have two axles? Do you have large tires for off-roading? Do you have smaller tires? All of that matters. This particular trailer did have two axles, so it was, and once again, very beefy, so it had extra drag both with the aerodynamics and the wheels, or tires. So keeping all that in mind, we went towards Colorado Springs. Yeah, so initially we thought, you know what, what we'll do is we'll do two loops. We'll do it with the Lightning, and mm-hmm. then we'll do the same loop with the uh, uh, V8. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we thought, you know what, uh, Nathan's absolutely right. It, not only will you change conditions, right, because wind, yep. uh, but you'll also change traffic patterns. So we thought if we can get our hands on two identical trailers, we could do a really fun video, and that is to see which one goes farther. Is it the gas truck or is it the electric truck? At so, the exact same time. At the exact same time, following each other, under. Identical conditions, so same wind, same, same traffic, same, same traffic, everything. everything. So we filled up the um, uh, we filled up the you guys filled up the V8 um, mm-hmm. at Sinclair. Thank you, Sinclair. They're our new uh, partner. Yes, they are. Uh, so um, we use their app and everything. It worked out fine. Discounts, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Tommy filled up the uh, Lightning. He was driving that. So Andre was in the uh, GMC. Mm-hmm. Tommy was in the Lightning, and you were in the Chase truck. What were yeah. you driving? So I was in the Ford F150 Hybrid. And the whole purpose of that, this is sort of in some ways a dry run for what we're going to be doing in the future. We're using that as a chase truck in the future for when we go to Alaska. That's a whole different thing. But the point of using this truck was the fact that you were able to plug in 220 so we could charge up the electric truck if when it actually ran completely out of juice, which is what we were expecting. Yeah, I mean, what you don't want to do is run out of juice on this, because we're on a highway, right? We're on 25. Right. Traffic zipping by you at 75 miles an hour and you're dead in the water. That is crazy dangerous. So with the F-150 power boost, uh, you can charge up the lightning or at least give it enough charge to get off the highway. That's exactly what the whole purpose was. And also I carried uh, some gasoline with me in case Andre ran out of gas. So Tommy had, like you said, uh, 131 kilowatt hour battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andre had a 24 gallon fuel tank. Mm-hmm. So what happened, dude? So you le- left here. Yep. You we, went, you drove through Denver, right? Yeah. We start. we headed to Denver. We went through Denver and... We thought that with some stop-and-go traffic, it might help out the Ford a little bit. But uh, in terms of its range, usually with stop-and-go traffic, with regenerative braking, that does help a little bit. Uh, When it comes to highway driving, most electric vehicles are not happy. Yeah, yeah. The faster you go, the more they use. Uh, So Tommy said, I talked to him, he said something interesting. He said, so keep in mind, we're just driving straight south at this point. So we're in Boulder, then the next big city is Denver, then the next big city along I-25 are the Springs, Colorado Springs, and then Pueblo. So when Tommy uh, left, he told me the um, Electrify America station, fully charged, um, he had to input the trailer size and dimension into mm-hmm. the Ford's uh, computer navigation right. system. So Ford says it now take into account the trailer that you're towing. Right. And he said that when he did that, he the truck told him that he could make it to Pueblo, which is like 130 miles, right? That is correct. From, from Boulder. From from where we are. And keep now yeah. let you tell All us right. the story. So we start heading south, and it's already apparent almost immediately when we get on the highway that he's burning a lot more energy than he expected. Uh, Meanwhile, Andre's just cruising along, no problem. Typical V8, just humming along. 
minimum traffic. Uh, there was a little bit of wind. I would say about 10 miles per hour on and off uh, oh, breeze. Were you guys doing the speed limit? We were doing the speed limit. Which and, is? And, well, it depends. It's, it's between 55 and 65. Okay. Heading on I-25 south. But, and there's one part that's 75 too, uh, but it's a fairly small section. We never went that fast. We kind of kept it around five miles in, up or below the speed limit under more no, normal circumstances. Ugh, I can't speak. Because there's a lot of traffic. And so you have to speed around cars sometimes. Okay, so we head down there basically as a caravan. And by the time we got to uh, Mile High Stadium, which is downtown Denver. So now we're talking, if you leave from here, so you're like 35 miles. If that, yeah, Yeah. it was around 30 miles. And Tommy began to realize, uh uh-oh, there's no way I'm making Pueblo. So he started doing some calculations, trying to figure out where his stop should be. Because there's a point where there's several miles between stops where you can actually get to a proper charger. Yeah, so that reason we thought about going like up in the mountains, we thought about going uh, west, right, which is into like Kansas or Nebraska, right. north. But the reason we chose south was because there's the most most electrify America or level three DC charger. So obviously, once you get through Denver, you hit Castle Rock. There's mm-hmm. a charger there. Uh, you hit Monument. I think there's a charger there. Right? There's a Walmart. Larks, Larksburg. Larksburg. Well. Yeah, yeah. There's one in there's one in um, the Springs. Yeah. So we, yeah, we want to be as close to the the, the 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 DC fast chargers as possible. Now, bear in mind, this is DC fast chargers. There are some other level twos that were scattered as well but this is just yeah that can help us yeah that, that would take forever to charge the truck whereas in the fast charger we could do it much quicker uh, and also real quick uh tommy had to charge this up to 100 percent, by the way uh before we did this trip as opposed to 80 percent, which is what the manufacturer suggests that gives you better battery longevity we don't expect to be doing this every single time we charge the truck by the way this is just for this one test anyway so we get past the stadium, we're now heading south, and we're about to get out of Denver, and Tommy's already kind of freaking out, which is great for me because I'm just hanging out there going, hey, I'm here to help. That's all I got to worry about. I'm drinking my coffee, relaxing to some music, and the cameraman's with me, and we're shooting the video, so a lot of the video you see was created by us having a chase vehicle. Now we're officially at Lone tree which is south of denver and it's right before you go up and over the hill to castle rock now there is a hill and hills with towing on a highway murder for range on electric pickup trucks i can tell you that right now so whatever he may have made up with some slight braking in traffic he completely lost doing this hill by the time we got down the hill and we were going through castle rock which is now we're about 50 to 60 miles away, Tommy's starting to lose it because he knows there's no way he's going to make Pueblo and there's no way he's going to make Colorado Springs. Which is only like 100 and some miles. It's not it, It's Yeah. It's from, not far. It's not far. He may have, I think he could have made the Springs, but he would have been completely out of juice, like on the road dead. And there's a problem. There's a lot of construction that happens on I-25 and you do not want to be on the shoulder if you can avoid it, especially with a large trailer and pickup truck. So... Tommy decided to err on the side of caution. Once we passed uh, Castle Rock, he realized there's no charger coming up for a while. So a while, I mean like 10 miles. <laughs> so he felt it would be a good idea to get off the highway, turn around, and find the charger that he already passed in Castle Rock. Yeah. So you have to add that mileage all together. And meanwhile, he's sweating bullets because now we're on a frontage road. 
uh, cruising along. Andre's laughing because he's not the one who's freaking out. And we are heading back to Castle Rock, heading north to get to a proper charger, which is at a Walmart, by the way. Uh, Tommy had to get back on the highway, which gets speeding up. That's really, really horrible for range. And by the time he got to the charger, I think we had used... 80-something miles. I was like 83. I think he said 87. 87 miles? Yeah, okay. and it had like 9% of charge left. Right. So in theory, 100 miles was doable, but it would have been on the side of the road dead. He would not have made it to um, Colorado Springs. So originally the plan was to keep Andre to keep going and see how far he could go before he runs out. But then we thought, you know what? Let's see if Andre's truck can double the distance. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? So Because he already turned around. So let's see if he can go twice as far as Tommy. Uh, and so, the, you know, Tommy turned around and Andre turned around. Obviously, Tommy had to charge up. Yep. Andre didn't. Yep. Uh, and then he headed back toward Boulder and Denver. That's right. So I followed Andre back up. Uh, Tommy was done, and we knew that he'd take a while to charge. And so the, the boys went and got themselves some chicken. Yeah. And we headed north. And by the time we got to the gas station that we started from, uh, Tommy had just left the charger, and we were in the process of filling up with gasoline. So... It turns out that we're more than dub- able to double the mileage. I, in I'm interested in you truck. had a quarter tank left when you got back. Yeah, I'd say it was around a quarter of a tank. Yeah. So, so the gas truck with a small gas, let's face it, 24 gallon. Tiny, tiny for, a, uh, yeah, 1500. Not only doubled it, but could have maybe gone like 2.5 times as far. I think so. If, if, and we didn't hypermile either. By the way, we did regular driving. Yeah, we were going, you know, through traffic, but. Had we gone slower, had we, you know, stuck behind a large semi or something like that and done all the tricks for hypermiling, sure, we could have gotten more range out of both trucks. But we drove them like a regular person would drive them, and this is these are the results we got. So at the end of the day, the gas truck towing exactly the same load in exactly the same environment got more than double the distance than the equivalent electric half-ton pickup truck. Yeah, wow. So basically, like Tommy said, 1% per one mile of battery. One mile per 1% of battery. So you, you go 100 miles This is much. under extreme loads. Now, remember that yes, the... Uh, look. Well, but, uh, no, but I just let me point... Wait, wait real quick. So, so, wait, 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 wait. So how wait, much does it tow? How much does it tow? They start at 7,700 pounds. They go all the way up to 10,000 Yeah, ours tows 10K. Yeah. So, so we were towing 65. I know. And so... In a short distance, towing up to 10,000 pounds, it doesn't care. That, that there's so much oh, torque. So the good news is it doesn't care about the load. No, it just moves. And, and that was the thing. Tommy had no problem with acceleration. There was no hesitation. Immediate torque. All of that is great. It's just range. How about stability? It's very heavy. Yeah, so um, the truck itself is really heavy. So when Andre was zooming... 1,600 pounds. Right. Andre was moving really quick, and the trailer was dancing, and he was dancing a little bit from time to time. Tommy doing exactly the same speeds, rock solid, Mm. not moving at all. Both the trailer and the truck. Now, the truck does calculate, hey, there's a trailer behind me, and if it's moving around, it figures it out, and it actually can break accordingly, both the truck and, in some cases, the trailer. The overall experience of driving and towing for Tommy was a much smoother experience than Andre's, with the exception of the range anxiety. One other thing, when we got to the Charger, there were two choices. One, we block off the entire part of the parking lot, <laughs> right? There are for, no for drive-through tar- chargers, or no, if, if it, they do exist, I've never seen one. Yeah, I, actually, this wasn't a Walmart, it was a Target, basically okay. the same type of thing, yeah. right? So Tommy had to pull, pull straight in. I actually took a picture of this, and he blocked off 
several lanes of traffic that would have normally had access to target parking lot because he had to pull straight into the charger to plug in this truck. Now, so his choice was pull in the long way uh, sideways and block mm -hmm. all the chargers or pull in straight and have. The yes. And there was one more choice, which he could. And this would have been a real pain. Disconnect the trailer park it somewhere, and then go and separately charge up. And what a pain in the neck that is for those people who are trying to drive cross-country. So they have yet to address that, among many other issues. The ability to go through a drive-through, just like you would a gas pump, you know, sideways, plug in, and then continue. And, of course, the other issue is that it's not as quick as going to a gas pump, not just getting the electricity into your vehicle, but actually getting the system to configure and get ready to go and give you that energy as well. So we're still behind. It's still going to take some time for all that stuff to catch up. It's better than it used to be, though. And as they improve, hopefully all of those things will be addressed. But one final note uh, in terms of towing, uh, and I talked to a Ford engineer because I went to the event for the pro version of the truck, which is basically the base model worker version of the truck, less expensive. And he told me... Starts at 39. Yes, they start at 39, but that's with the smaller battery. Ours, ours is a Lariat. It was 80. Yeah, I know. Uh, basically double the price. But the point is, is that he told me if you're looking at a fleet vehicle, fantastic, because most fleet vehicles don't tow. They just carry some loads to various places. Like if you're like, let's say, an advanced auto or something, right? Right, or, or working is, for yeah. the, the city or the yeah. state. Driving or around like that. the city. Yeah, doing inspections and whatnot, stop and go. Okay. Um, if you're towing, he just said, that's the whole purpose of us building the hybrid, which is really the best of both worlds, he was trying to say. And um, I tried to interrupt him saying, well, why don't you make a plug-in hybrid? But I didn't get a chance to say that, which would have been a hell of an argument. Now, now the other thing that maybe you can tell me about this, the other yeah. thing that Andre wanted to test was, so Ford has uh, an autonomous driving system called Blue Cruise. That is correct. But it doesn't work when towing. Well, it... You can, it, it'll activate, but it won't do what the one that the GM Super Cruise will do. Yeah, so Andre had Super Cruise, which right. actually uses um, information with the trailer and allows you to tow and allows you to change lanes. That's so, the so thing, how, how changing did, the lanes. How did, yeah, how did Andre's do using... Uh, uh, Andre's was fantastic. Yeah. It, it's definitely so, it's so definitely more advanced than the Super one Cruise important. is better. Yeah, it, it is. It just is. But you know, I, No, Ford doesn't allow you to tow. At least it's not supposed to with Blue Cruise. Stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know if Tommy used that or not, yeah. I, but I do know how the Blue Cruise works in general. Uh, and the vehicle I was driving actually had it as well, the uh, hybrid. Yeah. As Did the you chase use it? Truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried it. I'd never tried it before. Did you like it? Yeah. It, except I don't like being yelled at about putting my hand on the steering wheel. And the thing is about that, I, I had my hands on the steering wheel and it's t telling me to grab the steering wheel. I'm like, I'm grabbing it, bro. So what it wants you to do is shake it a little bit. Yeah. Let it. Let it, let it and then. But it's also hands off. Did you, did you try hands off? Yeah. I finally figured that part out okay. too. Oh, and another thing is that when I glanced downwards to, to look at the other things on the screen in front of me, it yelled at me to look up. Yeah. Because it knows. It watches your yeah, eyes. Yeah. It was watching my eyes, even with sunglasses on. So it can kind of figure out roughly where your eyes are. So that, that's pretty interesting. It worked fine. Um, I know Super Cruise is a little bit more advanced. It has a lot more technology that it adds to it. Uh, but I think that these two systems are the wave of the future. They're definitely not full autonomy. And, and I think this is as far as we should go personally in terms of autonomy. You, you, you don't want like trucks driving you around. No, no. I mean, there, there's one thing I've always like when I first heard about autonomy years yeah. ago. 
I thought it would be really cool if you went and had one too many at a bar or at a party. Sure. That yeah. you can crawl into the back seat of your car and tell your yeah. car to take me yeah. home. Yeah, like your own personal Uber. Yeah, exactly. Take me home. Just take me home. And and not be near the steering wheel so it wouldn't you wouldn't do anything like vomit on it or crash or whatever. And I thought that would be really cool. But then there's the whole thing about Big Brother and all that other stuff. So I totally get it. Um, bottom line here is that both trucks towed very well. And I actually thought that the Ford did a wonderful job. And I'm not too surprised about the fact that it lost well, in this case, more than half its mileage. I am a little shocked, to be honest with you, that it didn't recoup more of its power as it drove down the road in traffic. I thought that Tommy might do a little bit better. And Tommy was not being savage with the driving either. He was driving, I think, you know, pretty consistently. So, yeah, if you guys are serious about towing, that's not the truck for you. But if you're serious about everything else and occasionally towing short distances, different story. Now, I think it's important here to mention that this is not just the Ford. We don't want to pick on Ford, the Lightning, This right? is the only truck we have that's got electric that's a half-ton truck. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it's not just Ford. There was a story we did maybe six months ago where uh, a Rivian engineer who was working in normal Illinois got transferred to California. Mm -hmm. uh, and he published um, his trip across country uh, and he was towing a race car. Oh, I remember that. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. And he had the exact same experience. Basically, same size battery, give or take, he gets 100 miles of range. Uh, and, you know, towing from normal Illinois to LA. That's a lot of stopping. That's that's, a, that's like fifteen stops. Yeah, just and, for juicing up. And the problem is, normally when you're driving an electric car across country or a truck, you never go to zero and you never fill up to eighty. No. But because you're using so much energy uh, towing, you have to go from below, let's say, twenty percent, which would be ideal, to usually hundred percent if you want to make it to the next supercharger, if you're in a Tesla, or if you want to make it to the next EA station or whatever. If you're in, in a non-Tesla product. Right. And so uh, then you're stuck sitting there charging for at least like, you know, normally you could top off or you could fill the thing up in 15, 20 minutes. But now you're there for 40 minutes waiting for it to go from, let's say, 2% to 100%. It's, it's, it's just not a great situation. So towing is really the Achilles heel, I think, of electric vehicles in general. Yeah. And it's not going to be an easy fix either. And I know that they've been working on it. Obviously, one of the, the easiest things they can do, I say easiest, it's not going to be easy, is that they make the truck lighter, the batteries lighter, and more dense and more capable. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. You know, in time. Thing, yeah, the other thing people forget is that internal combustion engines use a heck of a lot more gasoline, right? So, yeah. you know, we've been doing a lot of towing over the last 12 years. So if you're, you know, if you've got a regular truck and it's getting 20 mpg, you start towing, you're down to like 6, 7 mpg. So it's just because gas has a lot more energy density than, than electricity, the batteries do. Yeah, and the other thing is that uh, transferring power. When you put gas into your yeah. car or truck, it's gas. It goes right into the truck. There's really no loss. Whereas in, if you're putting electricity into any electric vehicle, there is loss going through the lines as it goes into the vehicle. Yeah, so there's no loss when you put it in, but there's a boatload of loss when you actually burn no, it. No, even when you put it in through the line. There, no, 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 no. An electric vehicle, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're Because it, you're, you're using uh, heat right yeah you're heating up the, the the cable so there is some parasitic loss but there's a boatload more parasitic loss when you actually 
burn the gasoline in the truck. Oh, right? at oh, that yeah. point, like that's like what seventy percent. Seventy percent of it is going to like heating the engine up, and like thirty percent is going to moving you forward. Yeah, I mean, it depends, of course, on fuel injection, blah blah blah. blah. But the whole point is, is that in terms of overall efficiency, thermal dynamics, and the way these systems work, you can definitely see that there's a lot of loss from both, but. The point of gas right now is that you can stop at a gas station and fully fill up your car truck in 10 minutes or less. Yeah. Pretty much. Almost any vehicle out there. Two minutes or less. Well, it depends on the vehicle. I mean, yeah. some of our trucks have pretty big gas tanks. Um, your electric vehicle, no matter what, you're going to be there for a while. And that's something to keep in mind. Towing, cut your range in half right off the bat with anything that's over a couple thousand pounds. However, I would like to see us tow, when we have a chance, with the Lightning, with a couple light trailers. I'm curious to see what the loss is on that. Maybe if we tow something that's 2,000 pounds, maybe a small trailer with a ATV on like it. A, like a small, like either, uh, like you said, motorcycle trailer, or, yeah. camp, or small, like, teardrop camper. Why not? Yeah, we Why? really wanted, I mean, we, we went big, right? How, how long were these things? 20 feet long? Were they that long? No, well, yeah, they were about, yeah. They're, they're 20 feet, give or take. Yeah. Yeah, um, they, they were very dense packages, unusual axle setup, too. They were very far apart, um, and very, very thick frames, because they're built to hold heavy vehicles inside, because they're toy so, haulers. So, so we went extreme. Yeah, we did, we really did. Um, I would like to see this truck tow with something a lot lighter, maybe a, a, a small trailer, because a lot of people out there understand, hey, if I tow a giant trailer with an electric truck, I'm not going to get anywhere. However, maybe if I tow a small trailer with an electric truck, maybe I can go even further. Yeah, that, this is where like there's a grand opening here for like Ram to do, uh, let's say, a diesel range extender. Right, so you you have a battery, and then, right. then you have a diesels are really good at you know high torque output at low rpm at low rpm yeah. and then maybe you put a small diesel in there and make it a generator so that you can you can you know charge up the battery or power the either way like well, locomotives do that right yeah yeah uh, well we're hearing that the ram revolution will have an all-electric version and they say something that has extended range we just don't know what type yeah there are no plug-in hybrid uh trucks at this moment currently there are no plug-in hybrid pickup trucks and i think that that's a huge mistake by all automakers that if they were able to put in let's say and i'm just throwing it out here a 50 kilowatt hour battery something really big that gave that truck you know a good 50 60 mile range in all electric mode that would be a game changer and it would give you the best of both worlds i think not only that but all trucks need to follow Ford in terms of having their uh, pro power. What was that called? The um, pro power onboard. Yeah, yeah. Onboard, so you, so you can actually power stuff with the truck. I think that that is a dynamic change. So in the here, entire here's, world. here's some interesting numbers, which which are mind blowing. So you know, it uses just to drive an electric vehicle down the road uses an immense amount of energy. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't think it is, but you know, you forget how energy-hungry vehicles are. So I'll put that into perspective for okay. you, Nathan. So Ford says it could power your house for three days. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's probably more. So the average home in America, and I looked this up, burns about, uses about 29 kilowatt hours of energy per day. Mm -hmm. 29, so let's call it 30. Okay. The Lightning has 131 kilowatt hours. So multiply, you know, 30 by four. Yeah, you right? could do four days. You could, do, you could power your house for four days. That's, that includes that's on a maximum if you're full right. charge, of course. Yeah, that includes air conditioning, that includes oven, that includes water heater, that includes TVs, electronics, mm -hmm. internet, everything for four days uh, using the same amount of energy that could pull a 6,500 trailer, 6,500 pound trailer for barely 100 miles. Yep. 
That's exactly it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. There's there's so much loss that happens when a truck moves. And by the way, uh, I, some of you guys are like, and it doesn't make any sense when they go over and get charged up at these various places because they're really expensive and slow too. I agree. However, there are people who charge at home and there are people who have solar panels at home mm. that you could charge with. Now, I admit they are expensive, but... You can buy a house that already has solar panels, and at least in the state of Colorado, they have to be paid for before you sell the house, which I just did. I just bought a house that has solar panels. I'm so happy the Tesla solar panels on the roof. So what I can do with my electric car, my kid has one, is I can plug it in. It's a leaf. It's, it's a leaf, so it has a 30 kilowatt hour battery. It's, less, it's a quarter the size of the one that's in the Ram, or Ram, <laughs> the Ford. Um, and, but I can plug it up and pretty much just do it off the grid with solar energy uh something as big as the ford would take a few different days of plugging in it at the right hours in order to actually almost charge it for free but it can be done and that's kind of the point so if you have alternative sources of power that go into your house especially if you have a battery bank which really helps you can effectively charge a vehicle like this for very little money so so the um Initially, when I interviewed Mr. Musk, this is like 12 years ago, right? He said his dream was to have a house that has a battery that, you know, the sun charges up the battery and then you can plug in the Tesla uh, and then charge the Tesla from the battery or from the solar power either way, right? That was his dream. So you never use energy off of the grid. Right. And so you're not uh, creating any carbon because you're, you know, generating your own power at home. Um, that, you know, kind of sort of went out the window because, you know, it was hard enough selling cars. So there's some people who can do that. But here's something really interesting. So a Tesla Powerwall uh, is 10 kilowatt hours. So if you have the... You have, you, you, or 20. You can get the 20 pack as well. You have the you have the solar panels, right? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to add that Powerwall for 10 kilowatt hours, it'd be $10,000. Yeah, that's roughly. How, that's how much a Tesla Powerwall costs. So that's only 10 kilowatt hours. Mm-hmm. Our Lightning cost 81000 for 130 kilowatts. So if you do it by battery cost... Right, mm-hmm. the Lightning is not only a truck, but it's a battery bargain if you want to use it to actually, you know, plug into your home. Because for eighty-one thousand dollars, you're getting one hundred and thirty-one kilowatt hours of power. Versus if you did that with a Tesla Powerwall, you'd have to spend one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in batteries, and then you'd have them sitting there and you couldn't drive them around. No, yeah, and and they're built to be wall mounted, by the way. Now, uh, my house in particular, just yeah. just saying this, um, I am going to be putting in a Powerwall. I can find a much less expensive five kilowatt hour setup that works because uh, I already have all the other stuff. I have an inverter and everything else, and I can plug that in. And my house is efficient enough between the solar panels and the battery to run, with the exception of uh, snowy days, uh, run on all solar and battery power That's pretty cool. much all the time. Yeah, so th- I'm, I'm wired to do that. But I'm lucky because I bought a house that already has it and it's paid off. If you have to buy the solar panel or panels, which by the way, they're panels, they're not the little um, tiles. Right, they're panels. Those tiles, they're are, big panels. Yeah, these are big panels. I have 19 of them. Uh, they are, the, the system I have is about fifteen or $16,000 that, that went in there. Um, and now you cannot find anything to be installed this year. Yeah, it's all sold out. It's all sold, sold out. out. Yeah, it's completely it. sold out. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, 
Do you have like a little controller that tells you how much, mm-hmm. how many kilowatts you're producing? Yes, exactly. I can see exactly how much I'm burning. And the cool part about that is it, it's a really primitive one, though. It's, it's not as cool as like a big digital display, right. which I kind of wanted because I'm an <laughs> idiot and I need to read things. But basically, it'll tell me how much I'm burning at the time and whether or not I'm using my energy or if I'm using not city energy, right? So have you paid an electrical bill yet? No, no. I, I, I just bought the house. Okay. So, so I you don't paid, know yet? No, I haven't. I haven't been. But the farmer owners who are really nice people say, Said that uh, they got paid back from the city from time to time, or for, from the power every, company. Every so often, yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll get a check back just like for a buck or yeah. for eighty cents or stuff like so that. So basically, know. basically, you just got rid of your electric bill. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, and but there is an issue. Maintenance does cost money. These yeah. things, I mean, yeah, solar panels are relatively maintenance free for a while, but they only have a shelf life of like ten to twenty years. As long as they're taken care of. We live in an environment that's very hard on solar panels because we get a lot of snow and hail. Uh, Colorado's rough. So these things may not last that long. So if you're in, if you're in like Arizona, it's ideal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or Southern California, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line here is that, um, you know, a lot of people don't want to go through that. People live in apartments. They can't even plug in, much less use a solar so, panel. So I'll you tell know? a fun story. Yeah. Um, we had a guy came up from, from actually Texas. Uh, uh, and he wanted to build his house off the grid, so he installed uh, five Tesla power walls in his house. Damn. Okay. And this this was before um, you know that horrible outage in Texas, like a year and a half ago or two years ago, right? Where the yeah, well, during winter when yeah, everything went down. Yeah, where like the the snow and took out the whole power grid. Yeah. And this is important, entire power grid, right? So apparently Tesla is seamless. So if you have a Tesla app, which we have because we've had own three Teslas, the Powerwall integrates with the app mm-hmm. so that if you're charging your house and you're charging your car, it's all in one place. So like to turn the Powerwall on, um, you would use the app. Mm-hmm. So, so guess what happened when the, the grid went down? The app went down too? Yeah, because he lost cell service, oh, right? Because yeah, cells went, cell phones went down because so it was... Could- so he couldn't control the power wall because there was no physical control for the power wall. So he wasn't able to he go wasn't home? Able to so he couldn't even turn it on at home? No. Oh, see, I got to switch. He had five kilowatt hours of power, 50 kilowatt hours of power that he couldn't access. He couldn't even use it. Because it was on, it was on, the, uh, oh it was on his phone God. and the grid went down and that took down the, the cell phone uh, grid as well. And so, so he had to go and retrofit like a manual controller so he could actually switch. Because you have to, the, the thing is you have to be able to switch also from the grid to the to the uh, batteries, right? Well, so, yeah, they're, so, they're, so you're good, right? Because yeah. you're just going back and forth. But when you have batteries, you have to be able to make Yeah, that. well, and the batteries are, are split. So it splits off of it. And you have to have its, its own junction box. It's got to have its own complete setup that hooks up to your inverter. So this is one of the things we're trying to do because, you know, we're just learning this world. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we bought our Lightning and Ford or Sunrun has not contacted us, we got the inverter. So, you know, we're, we're waiting for Sunrun to contact us so that we can actually put the inverter in at the ranch up at Tumbleweed and actually be able to power that house off the inverter. So Sunrun or Ford, where's our inverter? Because <laughs> we want to do a video on this, and this is good stuff for you, right? Yeah. This, this allows, like, you know, we're one of the first Lightning owners to have it, and we've got this massive audience, well, well over a million subscribers on YouTube. So Sunrun, we would love to actually show how Lightning can power the home, but you got to call us. Like, nobody's called us, you know. I kind of feel like we didn't get, we didn't get the charger, mm-hmm. no charger. Uh, no inverter, uh, and apparently Ford decided to troll Tesla by putting in the adapter so you could actually like power a, a Tesla. No adapter. So maybe because we were so early to the game, which I'm I'm, I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. but still, you know, inverter, 
wall charger. We paid three thousand for that. Yeah, none. And uh, the little Tesla dongle didn't get it either. So we got the truck. We got the truck. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And in today's world, you know, that's that's what counts. And I'm sure that's part of the problem is that there's probably some backups going on with supplies, and and I know that everybody's dealing with it. But it took us a year to get the hardtop for the Bronco. Oh, I know. A year. A year. I know. I know. I know, man. It's crazy. Well, anyway, there you have it, guys. Um, we did get a chance to seriously tow with the brand new Lightning, and it was. I still say that there's some positive there. We did learn that the Lightning can tow like a train. But just a very short distance train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, look, Nathan. I think we're this is like you know electric vehicles back in the day when the Model T came out. You know, I know electric vehicles have been around since back then, but yeah. let's face it, nobody's really done a lot of development in electric vehicles until recently, right? There's been this renaissance of electric power. Um, and the one thing I would say uh, before people are like, "Told you so," right? Is uh, I used to live in Prague for a while, and people would come and move to Prague, and what they would do is they would compare living in Prague to living in America. Oh, I can't get Diet Coke here. I'm like, yeah, you can't. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they would make themselves miserable because they would say, America is much better. I can get anything I want at any time. And I would tell them, if you want to be happy here, it's not better. It's not worse. It's different. Just think about it that way. And yeah. I would highly recommend for all you, like, unfortunately, it's become political, like masks, right? Yeah, Where yeah. the world is split into, like, two different tribes. The, the, the you know, uh, you know, you can take the V8 out of my cold, dead hands yeah. to the people who are like, you guys are killing the environment and Mother Earth with your V8, right? Sure. And it shouldn't be that way, right? No one's, look, no one's trying to take the V8 away, at least this point the way they're trying to do it is by incentivizing electrification and if the government's willing to give you or me seventy five hundred dollars i'll take it yeah seriously (laughs) right and and if you're on the other side of the coin right and you're like that's not fair i'd be like hey farmers have been getting incentives (laughs) for the last 200 years in america so you know the government if you're going to go get on the government uh trough and you know suckle at the teat of government then then you know i'll take that i'll take that all right and if you want Internal combustion, it's out there. Yeah, that's Go that's get yourself the a heavy duty tow. Yeah, like ours, we got a twenty five hundred Cummins. I love that truck. It tows like a monster. I think that for those of you who are thinking about, especially if you're in a city center or near one, and you want to commute and you want a pickup truck, these things make a lot of sense. If you need to tow uh, or get get yourself a heavy duty truck, and I'm not uh, I'm not just advocating for Cummins. Get yourself a Ram, a Ford, a Chevy, Duramax, whatever it is. Yeah, super super. Duty. There's plenty yeah. of choices that are still yeah. out there. I think. And this is the cool thing about doing what we do. I know. I have an opportunity, on, uh, Roman has an opportunity, so does Andre, of going out there and driving all these vehicles. And so we can see the pros and cons on all of them. And as much as some people hate them and as much as some people love them, once again, there are pros and cons to everything. It's not better. It's, not, it's different. And you've got a choice right now. Exactly. You have a choice. You have a choice. You know, you have a choice. No one's forcing anybody to go electric. And no, at some point, it's probably going to go that way because that's where the market's going to go. Right. Right. I, I just had two guys here, uh, and they were uh, both like, uh, you know, Land Rover guy. One was a, one was a Bronco guy. And, 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 and they were both like, you know, I think we're going to like electric vehicles because they're better in a lot of ways. And once again, I said not better or worse, but they are freaking quick. We took that lightning to Bandemir, Nathan. Oh, my God. I think it was a, a hammer. It was ridiculous. Uh, one one final note I wanted to get with you guys about, and that is, is that we, we're not political at TFL. Never have been, never no, will be. Cars and you trucks, guys come here to not hear politics. You want to hear about cars and trucks and motorcycles and all the other stuff we play with, and that's what you're going to get. So that's why we are 
in the middle of everything, we're not going to take a side on any of that. Just so you guys know. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, yeah. we do cars and trucks, not that's politics. It. Yeah, uh, and you know, we hopefully look at the vehicles for what they are and not for what you know people what they represent. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, all that it's, stuff. Yeah, no, no, just, no, no, no. It's like the engineering behind it. Does it work? Uh, and then we put the test out there, like with this, and then we, we let you guys decide: exactly. is it right for you? All right, dude. That was a great podcast. That was a that was a long one, guys. Yeah. So. Thanks for watching. Uh, and then next week, uh, you and Andre are going to be doing a really fun podcast. Tell me what's coming up. Well, we're going to be talking about the least expensive trucks you can buy. I know that some of it seems on, uh, like obvious, but not all of it is. There are a few surprises in this list that Andre painfully, painstakingly put together. Yeah, that'll be cool. And yeah. then... Uh, over at TFL Bids, we're selling the Escalade that Andre drove on Go Big. So if you want a really well taken care of, it's a good Escalade, right? It's That thing is pretty It mint. finally smells decent, too. Yeah, after six months of owning it. Well, we left the windows open almost the entire time. But it's it's actually in really good shape. Okay, it's a little stinky. Well, there's a reason why I liked it a lot on that trip. It's a great driving truck. The guy, the guy who owned it was a smoker. Oh, yeah. But he was fastidious about taking care of it, which is weird because, like, you know. Yeah, you would just think that smokers yeah. or whatever. But no, there's there's no ash or burn marks no, or no, anything no, no, like that. No, no, it's, it's, he was fastidious. The, the truck is good, and it's just a little smoky now. Just a little. Just a little it's, it's, yeah. it's so much better than that. But, the, but, but, most importantly, Andre graced it with his Andre. Russian Andre. Yeah, so, and he, he loved it too. We all, everybody at the studio really likes that truck. It's, did, it's, did he fill it with borscht instead of smoke? No, he left it alone. <laughs> that can't, can't smell good either. Uh, well, no, it doesn't. But um, anyway, so that truck is up there, so definitely have a look and at thanks it. Thanks to our friends at BMG, it's got new uh, KO. Twos? Yeah, yeah, I think it has KO2s. Yeah, 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 brand yeah. new. Yeah, yeah nice. they're good, good tires, man. Yeah, and it's good off-road, surprisingly. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised with it. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.